Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm your other host, Anthony. Hey, Anthony, how you doing? I'm doing really well, man. It, it dropped down into the 90s for a few days now. Yeah. Went outside this morning. It was only like 92. <laughs> it was nice. It rained yesterday, uh, allegedly. Yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't it, see but... it. I read about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My wife was like, hey, did you get rain? I was like, rain? What? What are you talking about? Yeah, it evaporated before <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> On our podcast, the B-Roll Podcast, we watch straight to stream, science fiction, science fiction adjacent, movies, television shows, miniseries, what have you. Then we uh, give our initial thoughts give a plot breakdown, and then ultimately decide if what we're watching is worth the price of subscription. So, Anthony. Yes, Christopher. What did we watch? (laughs) We watched The Umbrella Academy. The Umbrella Academy. Netflix original, based on a comic of the same name, obviously. (laughs) Have you ever seen a, well, I was going to say, have you ever seen a series uh, based on a comic or movie based on a comic that didn't share the name, but then I immediately thought of Gotham? (laughs) I was like, well, all right, never mind. I've actually been keeping track of how many shows that we have watched that are based on a book or comic book or illustrated novel, graphic novel or whatever. And I think it's like five. So maybe, maybe 2019, 2020. Five, huh? Yeah. That seems, to be honest, that feels low. Although I'm probably counting Code 8 because it has superheroes in it, even though it's not based on a... I was specifically referring to shows that we watched. Because we oh. have this well, cursed yeah. warrior nun, and then we did uh, October Faction, and then uh, I don't remember what the other show is. And then this will be number five. Well, I mean, the old guard was based on a comic that was a movie, I guess. Yeah. So, but yeah, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, like Angel Fallen was also based on a comic. I guess all the <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Was it really? No. Okay. Oh, good. Man, uh, that was based on the delusions of a man with too much money and friends who thought it? they were actors. How can oh. we make a movie like Buffy, but worse? <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah. yeah, Umbrella Academy. Uh, the second season uh, came out last. Is coming out. Well, right. Ca- well, right now it is coming out. By the time you hear this, it uh, came yes. out last Friday. And our podcast episode covering Angels Fallen hasn't come out yet, so that joke went right over your heads. But wait a few weeks, about a week and a half, watch Angels Fallen, come back, listen to the intro of this, laugh along with us. <laughs> if that just don't watch Angels Fallen. No, I said listen to the podcast. I yeah. didn't say no, watch Angels Fallen. No, I'm just I'm just telling them not to watch it. Oh, you sh- <laughs> all of you absolutely should watch that movie. It's uh it's culturally significant. <laughs> yeah, the Academy is gonna you know, the the Congress. What's it? The Library of Congress is gonna put that one in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. The Umbrella Academy, as we mentioned earlier, is based. I'm just gonna read the Wikipedia. Uh, the First couple sentences on Wikipedia. All right, go ahead. The Umbrella Academy is an American superhero web television series based on the comic book series of the same name, published by Dark Horse Comics, created for Netflix by Steve Blackman and developed by Jeremy Slater. It revolves around a dysfunctional family of adopted sibling superheroes who reunite to solve the mystery of their father's death and the threat of an impending apocalypse. Ooh, into the world. Yeah. Now, how many movies or shows oh. have we <laughs> have 
we watched where it's the end of the world. I think all of them. Almost all, almost all of them. Not quite all of them. Yeah. Let's see. Yep, definitely one, two, three, four, five, kind of six. I'm going to count that one. I'm sure Charmed will get there eventually, but it didn't quite get there yet. I, I think they revealed it in the first episode. That well, oh were, yeah, there was right. There's an the, impending the, yeah. So that's the charm. The charmed ones are there to protect humanity from the the world. That's yeah. right. That's right. So um, yeah, that's oh my goodness, that's <laughs> almost about half. <laughs> Either they're trying to stop the apocalypse, or the apocalypse has already happened, and they're dealing with it. Oh my goodness. In, in this description that I read, when they say the threat of an impending apocalypse, what if it's actually apocalypse, like the mutant oh. from the X Men? Like how how rad would that be? It would uh, that that would be different. <laughs> that would be different. So when we do our television show episodes, we only watch the pilot. We give the our, our initial impressions about whether or not really we talk about price of subscription, but also is the show worth watching? Should is, is it worth continuing? That's kind of how we approach it, you know, season one, episode one. I share a Netflix account because I'm a millennial in the year 2020. <laughs> and someone, I don't know who, had already watched episode one. Uh-huh. So when I clicked play, because it, it when actually I, I when I turned on, when I loaded up the Netflix app, it had a big advertisement for, for the Umbrella Academy. So I just clicked one button and I'm watching it, right? Right. I'd have right. to search for it or anything. So it actually started playing episode two, but there was nothing on the screen to tell me it started playing episode two. So I watched the first 10 minutes of episode two. <laughs> and uh, well, I, looking back, I'm probably a little bit dumb or maybe a lot of bit dumb. The only reason I knew that it was episode two is because I paused it to go get some more water. Mm. And I looked and it said season one, episode two. And I said, oh, that makes so much more sense. I thought it was trying to pull some weird Pulp Fiction out of order, jumping back and forth thing. Uh-huh, I see. It was just weird. Well, great job. I'm sorry. I just wanted episode. to share that I watched a little bit extra on accident. Well, I watched the first episode with my wife last night. She liked it so much that we watched the second episode immediately. Oh, so okay. This is the second time that I have watched the first two episodes before... We actually talked about it, so I don't know if that's going to be a thing that happens all the time. But I mean, I, didn't you binge the entire first season of The Order? <laughs> yeah, after we watched the second half of the mm. pilot, I did. I did go gotcha. back and, and watch all okay. of it. I don't think if I binge the whole first season, I watched a few more episodes. I get what you're saying. Okay. Do you want a blurb? I have a blurb. Did you want it? Blurb me. Our IMDb's blurb is. <clears throat> A family of former child heroes, now grown apart, must reunite to continue to protect the world. It's pretty Which accurate. Is, it's not too inaccurate. Not too inaccurate. We'll see where it goes. Um, the whole must reunite thing. Do, must they? Must they, though? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. There isn't a blurb on Google. Normally, Google just pulls the either the Netflix one or the IMDb one. Do you have a Netflix blurb? Well, it's like for the first episode, but there's no reason to really mm, read it. No. What we started doing after we blurb is you actually start talking about the show's critical reception. All looking at IMDb, we got a 7.9 out of 10. Maybe the highest rated television show we've watched so far? Well, wasn't... I thought one of them was 100%. 
Well, the order was 100% on That's right. Rotten Tomatoes. The audience yeah. score, I think. No, I think it was critically. I, I don't remember. It's not important. Yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes, speaking of The order on IMDb is only 6.8. So, yeah, solidly ahead. 86% fresh. Nice. And then an 85% audience score. So, wow. The closest I think we've ever been uh, in terms of both of those ratings. Yeah. 94% of Google users have liked this TV show. Wow. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, what did you think about it, Chris? Uh, My initial thoughts were positive well, obviously you watched the second episode so uh, well i mean i watched the say so my wife has been wanting to watch the show for months <laughs> mm. and uh and she's like can we watch umbrella academy i was like nah i don't really want to watch it i think we were watching october faction <laughs> and then she was like wait a minute i thought we couldn't watch this show and i was like no 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 we, we can watch this and then i told her that we were watching umbrella academy and then she got really excited so hmm. no i thought i think my thoughts were overall positive we talk about how in terms of production value, I think the show is probably the best produced show that we've seen. Probably. There aren't like there, there weren't any effects that I thought were cheesy. There's a computer generated uh, chimp. Is it chimpanzee? Pogo? Yes, uh chimp chimpanzee. And that looks that looks That's I don't want to really say it looks good. bad, but you can tell it's it's obviously CGI. Oh, absolutely. But for television yeah, it's really I wouldn't good. expect it to be any better. Yeah, we're not talking about Marvel levels of CG money, you know. <laughs> but I didn't really see any effects that I was. I was just like, oh god, no, this is terrible. Yeah, that's just my opinion. I thought the cast. I wouldn't. I don't know who I would recast. I mean, I've seen two episodes, so I'm not sure. Ultimately, too familiar with what's going on. Uh, I like Ellen Page. I think she's great. I didn't recognize any other actor besides Ellen Page. I didn't either. I didn't realize <laughs> she was in it, so I was a. I was like, "Oh, cool." Yeah. Tom Hopper, you get second billing on Wikipedia, and he is also in a bunch of television shows. <laughs> sure, he was in Terminator Dark Fate. I don't remember who he was, but he was in Terminator Dark Fate. He was somebody in that movie. I've never seen it. So fair enough. I thought the camera work was great. I thought the dialogue was pretty good. Oh, overall. I, Positive thoughts, positive feedback. Yeah. yeah. So what about you? I, I'm i going to agree with everything you've said, and I'm going to add a little bit because I'm a little extra, so I'm going to give a little extra. Bit. The soundtrack is fantastic. Very good use of licensed music. Just I loved it. It's very varied. It's not all one genre or style, but it's all catchy. It's all, it's all very fitting. I really enjoyed it. I'm not usually a huge fan of a lot of licensed songs, but they do it really, really well, really well. I have I have a note in my notes about the soundtrack. It's uh, the Istanbul song, which I'd never heard. You never heard that song? No. <laughs> I was like, what it's is this It's a classic, song? man. Sure. I just never heard about it. Sure, sure. It's a lot, of, a lot of good music. I liked the production value. I also enjoyed all of the effects. I think the effects are great. There's not a minus one. I'm going to oh. minus what one physical effect, which hopefully they explain later on, or maybe they kind of hinted at it in the first episode. I, I don't know. With okay. uh, uh, Luther, he is disproportionately built. Yeah. Like his upper body is massive. He is a triangle and then a <laughs> stick. The waist to his shoulders is a giant triangle. 
and then a stick. It's really awkward looking, honestly. And he's always wearing extra clothing, which I'm sure is some plot where he's he's completely covered up. I mean, he's wearing a turtleneck, he's got fingerless gloves on, and then a coat on top of that. Uh, I'm sure it's both plot and they're using it to help bulk up, like make him look bulkier. And there's a few scenes where I was like, uh-huh, sure. Fair enough. But as far as his look, nothing against his acting or the way they're using the character, just, just that look. Which, if this is pulling from the comic, maybe it's stylized that way. Nothing else seems stylized. Maybe, like I said, I'm sure they'll explain it, but it is a bit off-putting. Gotcha. Otherwise, I think this is probably the best produced television show we've watched. Okay, we agree on that. Yeah. So this was created for television by Steve Blackman. He has done a bunch of stuff. And when I say a bunch of stuff, he was involved in Las Vegas, Bones, Private Practice, Fargo, Outsiders, mm. Legion, which is, I think, another... No, that's not a Netflix show. Altered Carbon, The Associates, NYPD Blue. Zubanovi's done some stuff. Yeah, writer, producer. Yeah. So This is his... Is this his first show running? Uh, yeah, is this his first time acting as showrunner? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, he was in- co-showrunner on private practice but this is his first on his wikipedia this is his first time mentioning him as showrunner so so jeremy slater was the other person mentioned in that opening Mm -hmm. uh he was involved in the fantastic four movie the one from 2015 did you ever see that yes i did should i go see it no man you thought real hard about saying yes (laughs) you paused too long so you had to say no honestly no 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 it's it's should you watch it? No. Should you watch it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really have anything else unless you want to talk about any of the characters, any of the actors. For our new listeners, this is the part where we would normally spoil anything. There's really not a whole lot to spoil in this pilot episode. I don't think. No. I didn't really pay attention. There's a bunch of stuff to spoil in the second episode, but uh, we're not. We're not going to get there. Yeah, we don't do that. We, we do the pilot. Anything you want to talk about? Anything else? I wanted to apologize for you've brought up this show a whole lot and I kept <laughs> pushing it off. I think I saw the trailer for it at some point, probably when it first uh, first released and it just didn't appeal to me. And I'm glad it didn't at the time because now we got to watch it to watch it for this. But honestly, like this is a, I apologize, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to cut this. Let's move on. I think if I remember correctly, the conversation we had was when we decided to watch The Order, it was between the order and umbrella Academy. And you mm. said, well, I saw the trailer for umbrella Academy. It didn't really interest me. And I was like, okay, well then watch the order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So. I don't know why. Cause this shows, this shows real good right up my alley. So it's a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be too. Yeah. I laughed a lot. So yeah, let's <laughs> just jump right into the plot, man. Okay. Well, the first thing you should know about umbrella Academy is that the opening scene takes place in a pool in Russia. It's October 1st. 1989 there's a bunch of people getting water doing water aerobics there's a Mm -hmm. young man and a young woman they're flirting she steals a kiss jumps in the pool while she's in the pool the people who are doing water aerobics look over and notice that there's blood spill i don't want to say spilling out because we're in the water but i guess it's floating in the water dispersing or diffusing in the in the pool and then the the young woman uh, floats to the top and she's laying on her back and we see that she she appears to be pregnant and then they pull her out of the water 
Which it's important to note that she was absolutely not pregnant yeah. beforehand. Well, that's what well, I was going to say. She wasn't showing it at all. Anyways. <laughs> uh, she gives birth. And then uh, we get a narrator. And he says that at the 12th hour on October 1st, 1989, 43 women around the world gave birth. But none of them were pregnant were before they had the child. We get a, like what looks like to be some kind of spaceship or plane flying into Russia. I think we're in Moscow. I don't know. I don't know enough. It looked like Moscow. Yeah, he's the Kremlin there and all that. A man who is described as an eccentric billionaire and inventor named Reginald Hargreaves. Fantastic name. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, Reginald is already, like, when you think old white money, <laughs> Reginald is number one on your list what of was, names. Uh, what was the guy from Borderlands 2? You know what I'm talking what? about? Oh, the... oh, oh, man. What was his name? <laughs> I got definite vibes of him. Hammerlock, Sir Hammerlock. Yes. That's but it. What was his full name, though? I don't know. You feel free to look it up. Oh, I'm looking it up. Reginald Hargreaves decides he's going to adopt as many of these children as he possibly can. He approaches the the young woman who gave birth there in her home, and he offers he offers an amount of money. He asks how much that they want for the baby, and it's revealed that he managed to get seven of these children. Did you find the name yet? Alistair. Alistair, god dang it. Uh, <laughs> solid. Oh, so solid. we cut to Reginald walking with seven women behind him pushing seven baby buggies. Baby buggies? I think that's what those are called. Strollers? Yeah. There you go. Baby you know, buggies. Well, what's a, rubber, what's a rubber baby buggy bumper then? I, I've i like, now thought about that more than I've ever thought about it. <laughs> All the other so, times I've ever thought about that combined do not add up to half of what it... <laughs> We get we get a close up shot of this guy's face, and he's got a fantastic mustache slash beard combo. Oh yeah! I, did you recognize this guy from anything? No. So his name is Colin Fior. Okay. Um. Well, it's when I say Colum, it's like um, C O L M, like a uh, Colomini. Is not Colum. Yeah. I th- I, th- I think you pronounce it Colum. How do you pronounce that? Oh, I kind of recognize him without a beard. Yeah, he's uh, a... Yeah. The thing I immediately recognized after I saw his name is he was in The Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. He was the Lord Marshal. But then, as I kept going through his his, uh, Wikipedia, his filmography, I I remembered that he was a doctor in Face Off. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a lot of things. Wow. Yeah. Prolific, I think. Fairly so. Pearl Pearl Harbor? (laughs) He's national security? Oh, man. Way to go. Way Good to... mix of TV and movies. and Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with that beard, I didn't recognize him in the slightest. Yeah, same. After the show ended and we were going to bed, that's when I stuck, but looked up who was in it. Because I said, I, like I said, I didn't recognize any actor other than Ellen Page. Oh, and he also has a monocle. It's very important that you realize that he has a monocle because it gets brought it up. It says 40... a lot about his personality. And it is Colum, by the way, or Cholum. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, it's, yeah. it's my bad. Uh, it's Irish. That's right. This monocle gets mentioned like 40 times, so pay attention. So we cut to (laughs) what appears to be someone. They pull a violin out of a case. They start playing. It's very dark. You can't tell. There's no, you can't really see their face. Yeah. It looks like a woman, though. Uh, They are playing Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. We cut to someone waking up at 2328. And this is a big person. That is a very specific time to set your alarm. (laughs) Do you, do you use an alarm? Yes. Do you set it 
on times that don't end in a zero or a five? No. All right. Well, I'm not I'm not psychotic, so. Just me, then. <laughs> Got it. So th- this person is big, very big. And this person waters a plant and then puts on what appears to be some kind of suit, but it's like st- yeah. tr- it's stretching around his skin. Like you can hear it as he's putting it on. And then he leaves <laughs> Moon Station 1, and yeah. uh, we're on the moon. Yeah. Uh, this person's name is Number 1, or Luther. Uh, he's throwing away some trash, and his trash can is full. <laughs> that was pretty or good. his dumpster. Yeah. It's overflowing. He's carefully putting the bag of trash there. <laughs> on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> he's not getting service. I'm sorry. You can't blame your roommates for that one. Like, no, you cannot. Man, take out the trash already. God. <laughs> Uh, we cut to a house that appears to be, uh, or maybe an apartment or condo of some kind. So people are on their knees, they're tied up. You hear some guys talking about, um, you know, open up the safe. And then we meet number two, or Diego, who is able to bend knives, like their trajectory after being thrown. Yeah, some sort of weird, I guess, telekinesis? Yeah, but it yeah. may only be with knives, which is cool maybe it has to do with the metal in the knives i'm, I'm not matter who knows yeah i don't know yeah number three or allison is a young woman at what appears to be a red carpet premiere she's getting a lot of pictures taken of her we see a tattoo on her arm it's kind of interesting number four is klaus who's at rehab <laughs> who leaves rehab and then immediately goes and buys some drugs immediately as he's leaving, the the guy in the front hands him his stuff and goes, see you later, Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the moon. Luther gets a transmission. Doesn't really like it. You can see his face. He's distressed. Diego is about to leave the house that he got done in, and then he sees a breaking story, and he is in shock. In the crowd of people taking pictures of Allison, they start asking her questions about when was the last time she'd seen her father? or her brothers, and is she going to wear, I think they say, like, Cartier to the funeral. Uh, Then she leaves. Klaus makes a drug deal, as we described earlier. I guess he dies and then gets brought back to life. Yeah, he ODs. (laughs) Yeah. He ODs right away. Well, he's got, he picked up his 30-day chip, so it's not (laughs) uncommon for people to OD on their first dose after a long stint of being clean. And then he high-fives an EMT. (laughs) Yeah, brought him back. Back, yeah. yeah, And then he's sitting there and then a little TV in the ambulance has a breaking story. And then we cut to the violinist. The lights have come on. Those, the whole time we've been, I've been describing this stuff, uh, we cut back to this person playing the violin. And then the, the lights eventually come on. This person is identified as number seven or Vanya. It's Ellen Page. She's walking, looks into a TV store and sees on the TV that the eccentric billionaire reginald hargreaves has died she looks kind of sad and then we cut to her in a taxi i guess they're going home because you know it's where you go Mm -hmm. we get a lot of shots of different rooms paintings some taxidermy and then we see a picture with six people plus reginald and then it then it transforms to a picture of only five of them Mm. i actually rewound it because i was like wait a minute how did we lose two people yeah but it didn't start with all seven. It started with six, which I found very interesting. Right. Then we get a shot of a portrait of one of them and then a statue for another. And then we see another painting with only four of them. This is very somber. 
you assume that some of them have died over the course of the of the years. Vanya walks into the house and says, hi, mom, to a woman who does not respond to her. Who also looks way too young to be their mother. Yeah, a, a very, very young woman. Or not sorry, a very young woman. She's a, probably in her mid to late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, yeah. She sees Allison. She gets a hug. Then Diego shows up and says that she doesn't belong here after all the things that she's done. And she's about to, Vanya's about to leave. And Allison tells her not to worry about Diego. And then we cut to Luther. In, I guess, Hargreaves' room, Reginald's room, he's looking around, he's investigating. Diego's already cased to the room. He's like, oh man, all the all the windows were locked. And then we actually see Luther for the first time, and he is very big. Like, we get like yeah, a good He looked wide big on the moon, shot of him. but here yeah. in this room with Diego there, he is massive. Yes. Like, no human should be that shape. <laughs> no one man should have all that power. Ugh. Uh <laughs> Diego hands in the autopsy report. Apparently, he broke into the coroner's office to get it. Luther mentions that the monocle is missing. There's the monocle. He never went anywhere without it, so someone had to have taken it. We get kind of a little... Like, we kind of notice it with Diego and and Vanya, but here again with Luther and Diego, I don't think Diego likes anyone in this family. He's kind of a jerk to them all the time. Yeah. 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 Pretty much in every scene, I, I have down here that no, none of these siblings actually like each other, which right. I can relate to. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I get what him and Diego, or sorry, where Diego and Luther have a bit of a kind of more hardcore sibling rivalry. Rivalry? Kind of got that alpha male thing going on, right? It's brought up more later. Maybe they're, they're numbered one yeah. through seven. Being called number two, depending on your personality, could be pretty detrimental well, the little thing, the, the little stuff that I have read about this show, uh, into the comic to a lesser extent, the numbers actually have no meaning. Oh, okay. Other than just being a number, he just picked one. Like he just started numbering them one through seven. Like it has uh, the numbering system doesn't have any sort of impact on like uh, them or their powers or anything. Mm. So, okay. spoilers. <laughs> we are back downstairs. Vanya's looking around. She sees what appears to be a comic book about them. Then some magazine articles, and then Vanya walks over to a bookcase and pulls out her autobiography. It's called Extra Ordinary, My Life is Number Seven. And then she opens it up, and then the, the page has, it says, like, I figured, why not, V. And then uh, Pogo, who is a chimpanzee who speaks perfect English, has a what appears to be some kind of British accent. Not necessarily British, but he's got an accent. I can't, I can't nail it. Oh, well, I mean, he's he's a chimpanzee speaking English. I mean, it's probably just he's got a chimpanzee accent. Obviously, no, <laughs> no Obviously. he's not. A, <laughs> shut up. He says hi to her. They have a little reunion. Like I say, I hadn't seen each other in a couple of years. And then she asks if her father had ever read her autobiography. And then Pogo's like, oh, I don't think so. And then they uh, look over at the the painting, and then she says that she you know misses five and. You know, how long has he been gone? Apparently it's been over 16 years. And she says, I used to leave the lights on and leave him snacks. Pogo says, yeah, man, I used to step in your peanut butter and marshmallow sandwiches. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) We cut to Allison. She is walking around. uh, She gets into Hargreaves' office because we get a flashback of him sitting in a chair. Mom opens the door and says the kids are getting ready for bed. They want to say goodnight. And he doesn't even acknowledge them. Very cold. Uh, he doesn't yeah, apparently. even look at him. 
He doesn't even know that they're in there at all. Yeah. yeah. We kind of notice that mom looks the exact same as she did in the past. So it's weird. And then we flash back to the future. I mean, he's, you know, he's a billionaire. He, she's just, she's just been getting work done, man. Don't be, don't be judging. Uh, no, no, I'm not judging. I'm just saying it's interesting. Like you're, you're being you're a like, bit wait a, a minute. You're being a bit of a, a judgy wudgy right now. A little bit of a judgy wudgy. A little bit of a judgy wudgy. Klaus is, I guess, raiding stuff. I guess he wants some cash because he keeps talking about where's the money. And he hugs Allison and asks her for her autograph. She's like, why are you even here? And he's like, well, I had to come down here just to see if the old man was dead. And he appears to be happy about it. Very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, he says something to the effect of like, I'm glad he's not our real dad because we would have inherited those cold eyes. Like, number three. And then Luther shows up, kicks Klaus out of the office. But before he leaves, he grabs him and tells him to drop whatever he was holding. Drops a lot of things. <laughs> But as he leaves, he hit a box, I guess, behind his back, and he kisses it and then walks away. Luther and Allison, they make some jokes about Diego and his outfit. He asks if Diego wears that in the shower, and she's like, oh, yeah, of course he does. <laughs> the thing is, like, he might. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if we ever seen without that outfit this whole episode. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, I, I get the idea that out of all the siblings, Luther and Allison are the only ones that probably like each other more than just what appears to be like friends. Well, I watched the first 10 minutes of episode two. Yeah. Yeah. He asks her about her husband and daughter. Apparently uh, her husband filed for divorce and then he looks shocked. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You were gone. He's been, been on, on the, the moon, moon for however long he's been there. He can get messages, obviously, while he's on the moon. He just I mean, chose not to, I suppose. He's probably not getting like he's probably doesn't he doesn't subscribe to the TMZ YouTube channel up there. I mean, yeah, but you wouldn't look up your famous actress sister. I don't know, man. I don't know. If I had a famous sibling, I'd Google him on occasion. <laughs> Apparently, she has also lost custody of her daughter Ooh, Claire. I think yeah. is the name. And then he says, "Well, you could always do that rumor thing." And she says, "No, I don't do that anymore because the last time I did it, I made a wish and it came true." Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. We cut to the, I guess, the living area or the den. Everyone's in there. Luther says, let's plan a memorial. We should, we can do it under Dad's favorite spot. And they're like, Dad had a favorite spot. And he's like, yeah, under the oak tree. He didn't take you guys and sit out there with you. And then everyone like looks around <sighs> and like, oh, okay. Okay, okay, Luther. Daddy's favorite. He mentions the last time that he had actually talked to their father, their father seemed on edge and told him to be careful of who he trusted. And then he tells Klaus, he needs you. He's like, I need you to talk to dad. And I have here, wait, what? Yeah. Um, and then it's revealed that Klaus can speak with the dead. Which <laughs> is a superpower that could go either way. Just absolutely horrible or really, really useful. <laughs> could also make you, I mean, I mean, if you could prove it, I don't know. It is a, it's apparent that he doesn't want to or doesn't like to. But you, do you ever see the movie The Frighteners? No. Michael J. J. Fox. Uh, oh, can, yes. Can see some ghosts. Yes, yes, yes. And they yes. haunt places and then he makes money to like de-haunt them. He could do seances, but like real seances. He can make <laughs> good money off that. It, for somebody who's constantly trying to find money, he has a power that make him pretty wealthy if he applied it properly. I think that's the reason why he does all these drugs 
is he probably maybe he can't control if he if he can or can't you know what i mean oh and so the drugs maybe suppress that or make it easier not necessarily make it easier but like he could just i guess he could deal with the stress i don't know well maybe there's a lot of dead people out there so yeah and then klaus says that he can't just call up dead in the afterlife he's not in the right frame of mind and then uh it's revealed that he is high right now <laughs> and he brings up a great he brings up a great point like wouldn't you be i can't who can deal with all this stuff Ugh. and then luther talks about the monocle again and then someone says why are you so worried about some stupid monocle it's worthless and then he replies that's my point whoever took it like it's personal and then diego calls him out and is like he thinks that one of us did it and then everyone looks at him and he doesn't really say anything and they all storm out of the room so hmm. yeah hmm. we get a flashback we cut back to 17 years in the past we are outside a bank apparently it's being robbed allison a young allison approaches one of the bank robbers and says i heard a rumor you shot your friend in the foot which he then proceeds to do. He looks at one of his bank robbing compatriots and they look like, dude, what are you doing? And he just shoots him in the foot. What I think is Luther jumps into the building, lands, grabs a guy, and then throws him out of the building. Then Diego appears and throws two knives, which bend 90 degrees. The bank robber who shot his friend is standing on the like the counter, the desk, a kid teleports right behind him, a young man. He teleports in front of him, smacks him in the head, and I guess knock him, knocks him out with a stapler. That was pretty cool. And then another child named Ben is told that he needs to go into a room because it's full, like the vault has people in it and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to. And then he goes in there and what appears to be a gigantic tentacle monster. Yeah, you don't actually see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, uh, we see it through the frosted glass, like a couple people die, they're screaming, and then he gets out of the room and he's just covered in blood. Like It's a bit much. What? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, like this, they're what at this point? How old are they? They're around 10 years old, 9, 10. I think the show takes place in 2019. So I think they're 29 or 30. Because he says later on, he's like, well, they asked for the exact date and it's March 24th. Right, 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 right. Okay. So... But they're 13 years old. So 30 minus... Okay, yes, yeah, so been Yeah, about 13. Yeah. That's what trying to do the math. Yeah. I wasn't sure what year it took place in, because I didn't see anybody with like a phone that I can recall. That's usually how I can date it. Well, it says present day. Right. Yeah. Which I so. assume is the year it came out, but yeah. who knows. We cut to seven, Vanya, and Hargreaves on a roof. She's like, I want to play with the others. And he says, well, I, told, I talked to you about this. There's nothing special about you. And then she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well in the way he says it is wow you can already tell it's like oh she has trauma there it is you know like whoa uh <laughs> just oh man yeah it was a bit harsh we cut to the kids the six of them standing in front of the bank hargreaves gives a speech about how in the world there exists people with gifts this is the inaugural class of the umbrella academy and he's going to He's going to save the world with them. Yeah. Bold. Yeah. Ambitious. A bit. Cut back to Klaus. He's trying to talk to Reggie, but apparently he's having some trouble. He can't get him to manifest. And then he knocks the urn over, which is really great. I have to hear, <laughs> do you think that he can't 
talk to him because Harg Reginald actually isn't dead. Huh. Did you think about no, that? No, well he was when he was doing it, he was like, Come on, sober up. Being not sober, I think Are you sure? with his ability is kind of where I'm going with it. I mean, at the end of this episode there is a scene, you know There's a what? That he's sitting next to a dead person in the back of that dude's car at the end of the episode. And oh, he, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he literally just said that every time he closes his eyes, he sees a hippo pooping on him. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, th- that's my theory is that Hargreaves actually, or Reginald actually isn't dead. You don't think, you think maybe he faked his death to get all his kids back? Oh, of course I think that. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. I think he's really dead, but mm. maybe he's hiding in the walls. Who knows? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the movie The Child? No. Uh, it's a horror movie. You yeah, it. yeah, I could tell uh, because it was a movie with <laughs> the word the and then a noun. <laughs> horror movie immediately. Except for The Mask, which is also kind of a horror movie. It's it's very horrific, yeah. <laughs> At least the second one. Uh, so Luther is walking around and he, I guess he uh, goes to his old room because he touches some stuff, you know. And we see Allison in her room, and she has a locket, a heart locket that has the letters A plus L engraved into it. Aw, how disgusting. <laughs> well, they're not really brother and sister. No, 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 no. Klaus is in the I kitchen. was referring to love in general, but mm. yeah, sure. Mm. He takes some pills. Diego is on the couch playing with some knives, and Vanya is sitting on the stairs, and then Luther finds, he pulls a vinyl. He has a really nice vinyl collection. Mad jealous. He finds a vinyl and puts it on the turntable. And it's I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany. And then he cranks it. And everyone in the house can hear it. If you're going to crank a song, that's not a bad (laughs) choice. Not a bad choice. I think this is something that would happen often when they were younger because everyone gets up and starts dancing. We get an actual cool cutaway shot of everyone in the room that they're in dancing and then... We also see mom folding clothes and then Pogo is like, I don't know if you saw it, but he's like sitting down and his like foot is swaying to the beat. Oh, Oh, I missed that. Yeah, that's awesome. I rewound it. I was like, dude, look, this is awesome. This the cut. And they all dance way better than me. No, man, I've seen you move. No, you haven't. I like the way that you move. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about this off air, bro. (laughs) There's a flash of lightning. It's blue. Kind of weird. And all the metal... Well, not all the metal, but a lot of metal in the house starts moving around. They go outside. Luther says, it looks like some kind of temporal anomaly. Sure. Uh, <laughs> or, exactly or, a, looks or a like, black really. hole. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of them said, I don't know who it says, but one of them was like, yo, man, that's a big difference. But Klaus, Klaus <laughs> is the savior. He is a man of action. What does he do? He, he runs out with a fire extinguisher. And then just, he can't get it to extinguish? I don't know. He just ends up, he uses a fire extinguisher and just shy it. This thing is huge. And then he just throws it in it. At least he did something. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And then we get a shot of what appears to be an old man in this anomaly. And then that old man falls out and it's a kid. And then everyone approaches him and they're like, is that number five? And then we cut to the kitchen. He, he, he asks for the exact date. It's March 24th. He starts making a peanut butter and marshmallow sandwich. <laughs> Apparently, traveling through time is problematic. I have that down here. And they ask him how he returned. And I'm, 
I'm pretty sure I'm butchering what he says, but apparently he projected his consciousness across all accessible timelines in the hope that his body would appear. He got the calculations wrong because he's 13 years old when he should be 30. And then he talks about how he lived for 58 years. And they're like, wait, you're 58? And he says, no, my consciousness is 58. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah, 45 years to equal 58. They do quick math. He leaves the room and everyone kind of is like, that's weird. Yeah. (laughs) That was strange. What would you do if your long lost cousin, your long lost uh, sibling just just something? Well, what would I do if my long lost sibling showed up? <laughs> not what anything that they did. I mean, I get that they're not exactly thrilled to see each other, and they don't have any. They don't care about their father, but I mean, they haven't seen him in seventeen years or sixteen yeah. years and change or whatever it is. So why? Like, I feel like you have a different reaction to it. You know? Yeah. Well, he. It also does not appear to be warm. No, he doesn't. To the idea. And like, he's been gone even longer. Yeah. So I don't know. But he's also, he's asking for the exact date. You know, I, I don't know. He's a man on a mission. Yeah, it's weird. He goes to his room, and apparently the only thing that'll fit him is their old uniform. So he changes into yeah. one of those. He talks to Vanya about her book. He's like, I think it was ballsy what you did, you know, airing out the family laundry. And everyone hates her apparently because of it giving up the family secrets yeah and then he says well worse things have happened (laughs) they talk about ben and he says was it bad and she just nods we get a shot of them going outside and then we see ben's statue mom is out there and she's like is everything okay and they're like yeah dad died and she's like oh oh yeah okay (laughs) yeah this at this point i was like oh she's She's a robot robot. yeah (laughs) Luther pours out the ashes and they just fall straight to the ground. And then he says, uh, probably would have been better with some wind. (laughs) Pogo says a few words. I think for more or less, well, he says, you know, Reginald made him who he is. If it wasn't for him, he wouldn't be, you know, the chief he is now. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah. He starts to talk about how he leaves behind a complicated legacy. And then Diego interjects and says that uh, he was a monster. And the world is better off without him. And then someone calls him Diego and he says, no, my name is number two because he couldn't even be bothered to give us names. Mom had to give us these names. Yeah. Luther tells him to shut up. Diego says, you should be on my side after, quote, all the things that he did to you. He had to send you a million miles away. They get into a fight. Luther is very, very strong, but he's not very fast. Or no, he's a little clumsy, Diego maybe? is really fast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get the idea that Luther only needs to land one hit. <laughs> yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. A- after a few arm swinging, things like that, Diego's standing in front of Ben's statue. He goes to punch Diego. He- Diego dodges out of the way. He knocks Ben's statue on the ground and breaks the head off. And then Diego throws a knife at him that cuts his arm. Luther walks away. Well, he doesn't, he, he kind of leaves in a huff. Yeah. He's covering up his arm. He's like, he's very upset about it, which I found a bit odd because it's a small cut. You would expect him to just get angry and punch him <laughs> even harder, right? Kind of, I mean, for lack of a better term, kind of hulk out, but he doesn't. He can't handle it and he leaves, which is uh, very interesting. Well, Vanya tells Diego that he does he doesn't know when to quit, and then Diego asks if she has enough material for her sequel. Very rude. 
Yeah. That's what I meant. Like, this guy Diego is a jerk to everybody involved. Yeah. And then he takes mom inside and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> we get a flashback. It's like, we it's, it's Pogo's voice and he's talking about how humanity is like a rope and that you got to be strong. The individual has to be strong, but no individual is as strong as a strong team to that effect. Yeah. They're racing up the stairs. You're only as strong as your weakest link is what he said, yeah. but much more pretentiously. Yeah. They're racing up the stairs. Then they're getting tattoos. But Vanya doesn't get a tattoo. She's off by herself. And then she draws it on with like a Sharpie or something. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just messed up. I mean, I get it. She's not going to be on the superhero team, but I don't know. She's being yeah. excluded a lot. Sure. We see them at night and they're sleeping and they have something on their heads to monitor their brain activity. But when he's flipping through and he gets to seven, the beeping increases dramatically, but the scene cuts. We don't actually learn anything. Vanya's getting ready to leave. Pogo's like, hey man, you know, your dad loved you in his own special way. And she's like, yeah, that was the problem. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess she always felt left out or isolated. So she's leaving. We cut to Five, Allison, and Klaus in the kitchen. Five is like, I can't believe there's no coffee here. I'm going to get some coffee. And he just teleports away. He gets in a car and drives away. Yeah, well, one of them asks, like, do you even know how to drive? And he's like, I know how to do everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I don't know how old this guy actually is, portraying a 13-year-old or a 58-year-old trapped in the body of a 13-year-old. He does a really good job of it. 16. 16. Yeah. Aiden Gallagher. I mean, I I never, I've said this before where, I mean, I don't really care for child actors. Well, he would have been, what, 14 or 15 when he filmed this? Yeah. So closer to. Because a lot of times it's just, it's real hit or miss. But man, he, he is knocking it out of the park. Really, really well done. Oh, but sorry, my original question. Why is he taking a car to the coffee shop when he can teleport? Well, because he doesn't want people to know that he can teleport. Hmm. As far as the rest of the world is aware, this guy has, no one has seen this guy in 17 years. Sure. Sure. Okay. And maybe he can right. only, I think it, I don't know, because I don't want to, I don't want to delve into the metaphysical power situation, but sure. I guess like Nightcrawler, he can, because Nightcrawler from X-Men can teleport if he knows where he's going. Right. Right. But doesn't he later say he used to sneak over to this place, blah, blah, blah. But I guess it could have changed. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, or maybe he can only go a certain distance. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Diego shows up, talks some smack to Allison. Very rude. He's like, hey, man, hope your next movie goes well. Or maybe your next divorce. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. Klaus decides to join no him. No respect. <laughs> Luther watches them leave. And then we get a shot of his arm with the cut. Or the sliced cloth, and it's just very hairy, very, like mu- very long muscular, hair. and no blood. Well, it looked like hmm. he had already like touched it up, but maybe not. Oh no, I didn't. It just looked like skin with a bunch of hair on it. Because he's obviously not super hairy when he was thirteen, so something in the last fifteen yeah. years has maybe his power, whatever it is, his super strength, is just continued to manifest or something. We, we don't know, obviously, but. He's yeah. obviously embarrassed by it because that's why he's covering up. So yeah. like I said, they have a reason. This is what I was referring to earlier. They have a reason for him to be this, to look this way or to be huge. It just looks funny. And <laughs> I don't know. How did you feel about like the scene where we're seeing part of his arm? And to me, it didn't look that great. I mean, it just looks like a hairy arm. 
Uh, it kind of had, I don't know if there was scarring on it or, or what. It was weird. Mm. Fair enough. Then we see Mom walking around and she arrives at the paintings, like the big wall of paintings that we saw earlier. And she looks at a few ones and then she ends looking at a painting of a woman and then a metallic arm pops out of the chair she sits down in and encloses around her ears and shoves two, I guess, electrodes into her ears and I guess starts to charge her. So she's a robot. Yeah, her insides start glowing through her skin. She also got the blue RGB package, (laughs) just like our boy haircut from Singularity. Interesting, interesting. Five drives in like a Bentley or a Rolls Royce. I don't know which, I couldn't really tell which one it was. To a place called Gritty's Donuts. 12 donuts for $6. (laughs) I'm I'm in. He sits down and then uh, an older man walks in like moments after he does and sits on the other side of the corner of the bar from him and the waitress like what do you guys want and then the old man says i want an eclair and then she looks at number five and says do you want some milk for the kid and then uh, he just uh, he wants coffee black and so the, the waitress is assuming that this is a father-son situation wouldn't you that late at night yeah yeah five complains about how the place is a dump and that when he was younger he and his siblings would sneak out at night and come here for donuts. And the guy's like, okay, okay, man, whatever. Right. It's He's a tow truck driver for a company called Ishmael's Towing. And he's like, you must know the city pretty well. And he gets an address. We cut outside. The tow truck driver leaves. And someone's standing there holding like a scanner of some kind. It looked like the scanner from Aliens. A little you know bit, what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah. Four armed men enter the coffee shop. They threaten him, and they're like, hey, man, come with us. We don't want any trouble. I don't want to kill a kid. I don't want that on my conscience when I go home. He just looks at him and says, none of you are going home. Oh, man. And then he teleports all around the room and kills them in a very fantastic scene. Like he stabs one in the leg with a with a knife, and then he stabs another dude in the leg with a pen or pencil. Wasn't it a butter knife? Yeah. Then he breaks off a, a broom handle and stabs another guy. He teleports in between two guys to get them to shoot each other. He breaks another one's neck. And this was the Istanbul song. Just great. Just fantastic. (laughs) There's this 13-year-old kid murdering all of these paid assassins, hitmen or whatever. And that song is playing. And it's... So it reminded me of the scene at the end of Kick-Ass where Hit Girl is killing all of those, those mobsters or gangsters or what have you. And the music is just poppy and uplifting it's done for a great comedic effect because you have this 13 year old kid or in this his case the body of a 13 year old kid just completely annihilating all of these adults it was fantastic it was my favorite scene in the whole episode never seen kick-ass or the second one it's definitely worth watching fair enough he uh digs a transmitter out of his arm with a knife and then he drops it on the ground near a drainage ditch as he leaves. And then we get a really good shot of the waitress behind the counter, like looking up like, oh, my God, what happened here? <laughs> we cut to Diego. He is standing, I guess, by a bay or something. And it is revealed that he has the monocle. Ooh, I wonder what that <gasps> means. Then Klaus is sitting in the car and he's like, hey, man, I'm starving. Let's get out of here. And then he leans back into the car and there's someone sitting next to him. Yeah. And then he's like, yo, man, do you want eggs? Nah, it's too late for eggs. You want waffles? And the figure nods. And he's like, yeah, everyone likes waffles. Diego drops the monocle in the water. 
And then we hear the police scanner talking about bullets being fired at Gritty's Donuts. He gets in the car and he's like, yeah, I can't go to dinner. I'm going to drop you off and then we're going to go. And then it's revealed that Klaus is talking to Ben, the deceased's number six. We know that he's a deceased or a ghost or whatever because Diego adjusts his mirror and there's no one sitting next to Klaus, but he looks at Klaus talking to this guy. So, okay. How traumatizing is it for your brother to die and then you see him? Yeah. I, Not just that, but like they said that he didn't die. They said it was bad, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's got to be, it explains a lot about why Klaus is the way he is. Uh, they're yeah. all, they all have issues for sure. His are just a lot more apparent. I don't know. He's my favorite character for sure. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. That's why he probably does all these drugs to oh, yeah. deal with the Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would. <laughs> Five is in Seven's apartment when she gets home. He has a great line about, um, you should lock your windows. And she's like, I live on the second floor. He just says, rapists can climb. <laughs> He's got a good point. Lock your windows. If you're out there, if lock you live your on windows. the second floor, lock your windows. <laughs> Hide. <laughs> Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> She's like, why, why are you here? And he's like, you're the only one I can trust. She starts to dress his wound. And then he tells her, when I teleported to the future, it was gone. I was the only human left on Earth. But I was able to find out what day it was. It's in eight days. Or what day it ended, right? Yeah. And then Vanya or Seven looks at him and just says, I'll put a pot of coffee on. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Eight days. End of the world. There it is. Just dropping it. That's pretty typical for the TV shows. We get to the end of the first episode, they're like, ooh, things are going to be higher stakes than you thought. There's a throwaway line earlier in this episode when Diego and Luther are fighting. As they're fighting, Five shakes his head and just says, we don't have time for this. Yeah. In your head, like when you're first watching it, you're like, yeah, of course we don't have time for this. You know, the these guys are being dumb and they're right. fighting. Oh, and he's also end, 60 like, years old. So he's, I, I thought of it as kind of a, I mean, the way he's standing, the way he's holding his umbrella. Yeah. The whole bit. I just, it just screamed, uh, uh, y'all get these kids away from me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But like when, at the end of the episode, you're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh. I mean, the, the best part of that fight scene was everyone yelling, stop, stop. And then Klaus going, hit him, hit him, hit him, <laughs> hit him in the face. <laughs> so, uh, Anthony, yeah. Did you like this episode? After watching that episode, the next mm. 10 minutes of episode two makes so much more sense. <laughs> Fair so enough. much more sense. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I look forward to I'm going to watch more of it. Good. Probably tonight. It's solid. It flows really well. You could argue that the dancing scene was a bit out of place, but I don't know. It was, it was so well shot and... I mean, I'll say it was cool that I yeah. you kind of don't notice. I mean, think of just guys were going through a second time, like, yeah, that maybe that's a little out of place. But they're all kind of reliving their childhood, right? That's why I mentioned, like, I wonder if that had happened a lot in the past. And I, I hadn't thought about that I, I, when when I first watched it, so I'm glad you brought that up. Whenever Reginald would leave, they would blare out some music and be able to actually act out and be themselves. So. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Reginald... Uh, so... What I find interesting is there's no one of the many things I find interesting is there were 43 children born that day, and there mm-hmm. we only know where seven of them are. Yeah. 
I mean, there's got to be 64 others out there somewhere with abilities. What? Not 60. 64. I was going from 73. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> there's got to be 34 more of them out there with abilities, assuming they're all not like Vanya. And I, I have my suspicions, honestly, about her okay. having abilities. Don't give me anything if it's brought up right away, but something that just hasn't manifested yet. Sure. I don't know, but there's no way, right? I mean, it's just, and maybe it's part of his experimenting on them. Maybe he knows that she does and was letting her think she didn't because he's he's kind of a jerk, man. Horrible (laughs) father. Well, I mean, he wasn't really, he was a father in name only. Right, right. He's trying to be Charles Xavier with right a tenth of a tenth of the charm <laughs> if that yeah, yeah. if that so. i liked it as well i really did like this episode it's we've talked about this on other episodes of our podcast that it's one of those things where there is so much media it's rare for me to be able to get invested into a television show my wife loved it i think she even said something to the effect of i told you so <laughs> like after we got done watching it she's like i told yeah. you this was good well you I can, told you i, I mean to feel free this. to tell her that i apologized <laughs> for keeping y'all from watching it, I guess. Oh, no, you didn't keep us from watching it. I kept us from watching it because I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> 10 out of 10, do recommend. Yeah, absolutely. 9 out of 10, do recommend. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything left to add? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I do have questions. Okay. As far as how we would compare it to the X-Men. These guys are mutants. Oh, Sure. Call a duck a duck, right? I, I think they're they're inhumans, <laughs> or maybe they're meta humans. I don't know. So, do you, in terms of like how it compares to X Men, do you see it as a favorable comparison? I don't think it compares to X Men. I think at this point, okay, we got to stop comparing superpowered teams to X Men. I'm just saying that there's too many of them out there, and X Men have so many different origins. It's all over the place. An X Man, which. Mm-hmm. A, a mutant in the in the sense of the Marvel canonical sense is someone who is born with the abilities beyond that of a normal human. Right. 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 Homos, homo superior, I think is what they technically call them. And that's what these guys are, is they are born. They're human beings that are born. Are they? Special. I mean, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying they're not special, but they all have fantastical origins in the fact that their mother's somehow got impregnated and gave birth all in a day. Less than right? a day, within seconds, apparently. Right, within seconds. Yeah. So are they human? I don't know. Nah, I'm just saying. But Maybe with the available ain't. information that we have, sure. they compare the comparison to the X-Men is there. Sure. Just like in Code 8, people who are born special. And I think we right. I think we liked the way that Code 8 portrayed them, if I remember we did. correctly. We agreed on that. I guess I'm just not sure what your question is overall. Because I haven't read the comic book, right? You know, I, I don't know anything about the comic book, but they, they these are a group of kids who are taken to a special school and taught right. to master their powers. I mean, I mean X Men they're almost children's soldiers. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering if when you were sitting there, were you like, man, this guy like X Men? That's all. Not really. No, okay. honestly. I mean, the only thing that I would say is comparable beyond just people with powers and special abilities is the fact that they are in an academy or a school, okay. but they're also raised there with a father figure. It's just different. Sure. No, I didn't get any of those types of comparisons. I get where you're coming from where one would make those comparisons, but I don't think it's similar enough 
if that makes sense. Well, I'm not, I'm not even making the comparison. I was just wondering what you thought, if it could be compared to X-Men, because I do agree that it's mm. different. And that, yeah. As far as we're aware with mutants from the Marvel Universe, they are, they are human beings that are born to term. Right. If it's some cosmic event, why did 43 women all give birth at the same time? Yeah. It's weird. So. And only 43? I'm sure there's some we don't know about, right? Ooh, yeah. season three. <laughs> because the X-Men aren't family. And I think that's a big... Well, sorry, they aren't. They don't start as family. I'm sure we could all be like, oh, they become a... No. <laughs> They're a gender-neutral collective. <laughs> I'd compare it more to Fantastic Four. Mm. But those aren't mutants. They were bombarded sure. with cosmic rays. Sure. I mean, yeah, and the Hulk's not a mutant. And whatever. Yeah. Have you seen that fan theory that Wolverine and Cyclops are in love with each other? I don't read the same fan fiction that you read, so no, I have. No, I have. No, it's not <laughs> fan fiction. No, like I was, I was, I was reading something about the X Men a couple years ago, and I think it was on the Ringer, that pop culture website that I frequent. And they were talking about how even when Jean Grey isn't in the middle of them, they're always like hanging out. It's weird. There's tension, and it's like, huh. Hmm. Well, don't I mean, maybe, hmm. but who cares? It's not. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I don't. I just thought it was a funny. It was a funny fan theory. Yeah. Well, now yeah. that we have officially are in the weeds, and we'll probably cut all of that, which is cool. <laughs> I yeah. think that's it for me. We should do our social media plugs. Plug away. So, if you liked what you heard, which I don't know why you wouldn't, you can uh, find us on all of the major podcasting platforms. Please be sure to rate and subscribe five star reviews if possible on itunes the more people that review us five stars the higher up on the charts our podcast goes the more people that can listen to it and the more podcast episodes we can make so please do that also we have a, a facebook group if you still use facebook the b-roll podcast group you can hit us up on twitter at, at b underscore roll podcast and we also have an instagram but it's just sci-fi wise guys we don't actually post anything on there besides episode previews so if you want to subscribe to that or follow that, feel free. And we also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash B underscore roll. Any donations or patronage on patreon.com goes strictly to making the episode better or the episodes better with a podcast, better equipment, better software, hosting fees, all that stuff. You know, yeah. and if you can't donate anything, there's nothing wrong with that. We won't hold it against you. Yes. That'll about do it for me. That about do it for you? Yeah. Thanks for doing all the social media plugs. So I didn't have to, you know, do <laughs> any of that. Big. Yeah, I don't. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't it. feel dirty. I don't feel dirty doing I it. I totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just the last thing, just it's a, uh, it's rough in 2020. If you're listening to this during the 2020 year, just, you know, we're out there. We, we're standing in solidarity. It's stressful. And if it's, uh, you're listening to this in the future, uh, just know that 2020 was a rough year. I'm sure they remember. <laughs> well, you know, maybe, maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe. What did you see that thing about that guy who spent? Just, I think it was like December 31st. He went off to a cabin. Yes. Like in the in the woods, and then yes. came back in March. Is like, what is going on? <laughs> so, God, I wish I could do that for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh. yeah. If you spent all of 2020 in a cabin in the woods and came back and found out about the pandemic, just remember to stay healthy, stay hydrated. Take care of yourselves and listen to this podcast. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it, guys.
Well, I think I think we both d- agreed that Singularity was the worst movie uh, that we had watched. So right? far, yeah. I don't know, because Io is oh. is so close. But I think I'd rather no. rewatch Io because it's shorter. Would you rather watch Singularity <laughs> or Angels Fallen? Oh, Angels Fallen, hundred <laughs> percent. Let me get. I got some. Let me make some. I got some margarita mix. We can make a night of it. Uh, <laughs> uh.